What up, 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 what up? It's your boy, man. It's your boy. It's your host, Addison, man. We are back once again, man. Episode 79 of From the Jump, man. These podcasts, they keep growing and we keep tapping into the studio, man. Thank you to everybody that's been listening, everybody that's been streaming us. And our streams are through the roof right now. Numbers are through the roof. Advertisements. Everything is up, man. So shout out to y'all for streaming the episodes on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Again, we're trying to work it to get it back on YouTube. We're trying to work it to get it back on all other platforms. But right now, the podcast will only be distributed. I need y'all to hear me right now. If you're listening to this episode right now, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend that the podcast will only be distributed on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify for right now. Just for the moment, these are the two main platforms. Again, shout out to my producer, Eric, who, who always produces it and always distributes it to the major sites. But right for right now, for this given moment, it will only be on Spotify It'll only be on Apple Podcasts. But now, getting to what we all came here to talk about, of course, as you saw in the title, Tyreek Hill. And at the end of the day, of course, on this later on in the podcast, we'll talk about the FIBA World Cup, a lot of guys dropping out. And we'll talk about the NBA Summer League because I was very disappointed. But again, I'll save that for today's edition of the wrap-up. But now, starting off today's show, we're talking about Tyreek Hill. Now, of course, as, as we all know, allegations a couple months back came out about Tyreek Hill apparently was abusing his son. Apparently, they were saying that his son was was scared of him and of course his fiance at the moment i think at the time i don't know if they're still together or not um had had some recordings apparently and i guess it was not necessarily a mission of guilt but it was almost kind of like tyreek hill was on the pod not on the podcast but was on the audio like i mean yeah like he's supposed to be scared of me i'm like his father you know like he, he had him on the audio like saying that of course like i mean yes i disciplined my child but you know, of course, because of the fact that there wasn't video evidence or I don't think there was any photography evidence, I don't think this, the NFL was able to really suspend him or really, I guess, really pin anything against him. But on outside looking into the situation, I think most of us, if not all of us, thought that the NFL was going to punish Tyreek Hill. I mean, granted, we just saw what, what, what happened with Kareem Hunt. You know, like I said, granted, from the audio tapes that was released by his fiance, I thought the NFL was going to come up with something they always do. They come up with something to pinpoint on you. But I think we all can learn something from this very situation. And I believe it's just let's not jump to conclusions. And ultimately, you're innocent until proven guilty, I guess. Because, again, I mean, again, I'm not rooting against Tyreek Hill by no way, shape or form. But just judging from the audio tapes and from what we heard. And like I said, how Kareem Hunt's situation kind of went down. Again, his was on video. So a little bit different situation than Tyreek Hill's as opposed to the audio tapes. But still, the fact still remains that in question, they put their hands on somebody and the NFL decided to give Kareem Hunt eight games and decided to give Tyreek Hill none. Now, I believe that it's point the NFL is picky and choosy. The NFL decides, I want to discipline here. I don't want to discipline here. I'm okay with it. Only if it's going to be fair across the board. But if you're going to just decide, okay, in this situation, we're going to give him eight games and this one because of the fact that we didn't have video evidence, but you have audio of him basically saying, I hit my child, so what? I mean, you, you got to give him some type of suspension, some type of fine, something. I mean, again, I'm not rooting for him. I mean, they're in our, I'm a Raiders fan, but they're in our division to what him and Patrick Mahomes is doing. But as I said, because of the fact that the NFL didn't find him guilty, there's nothing else really more for us to be said. But he does get put on that Roger Goodell blacklist. I can tell you that. And I can tell you, by the way, if he don't produce this season like he did last year, go to the Pro Bowl like he did last year, ultimately lead the Chiefs to the AFC Championship, if not the Super Bowl this year, if not win it, 
You best to believe he'll have a whole lot of eyeballs on him. And oh, by the way, he got to walk that thin line now. Because at this point now, he can't make no more mistakes. Not even about if it's in regards to the child. Whether or not it's DUIs. Whether or not it's marijuana. Whether or not it's him getting into the situation where a fiance or any other woman for that matter. Or in a club or anything. He is now on that, that black eye list. And you don't want to be on that Roger Goodell list. Because Roger Goodell gets mean once you get on that list. Now, because of the fact that it's been a slow news weekend, a story that I've been following the past couple days, I kind of want to bring to light. And that's Kawhi Leonard versus Nike. Now, apparently a couple months back, Kawhi Leonard filed an alleged uh, a federal lawsuit actually against Nike saying that they've been copywriting his logo and they've been using it without his consent. Well, Nike has filed a, a, a respondent countersuit basically saying that Kawhi Leonard did indeed did not, in fact, create the logo and he's been using the logo on non-Nike material, such as New Balance. And as we saw in the NBA Finals, he was wearing the claw logo. Now, of course, he is no longer being represented by Nike, which makes this a nasty battle. Now, I think we've seen this a time or two before with Nike versus the athlete. But I believe in this situation, a settlement on either side will be coming soon. But I think this is bigger than Kawhi Leonard versus Nike because I think in this situation, I'm sure Kawhi Leonard probably came... With the claw logo, he probably and if you haven't seen the the logo, it's his look like, look like they drew his hand and then at some point they carved out the K. Of course, Kawhi and then with the L being Leonard, and and that was his logo. And of course, his number is somewhere in there. But it, albeit when once you sign those those sneaker contracts to Nike and Adidas, you know they own you, they own you know your rights and they own your likeness, and you probably get a percentage of it. And I'm sure Kawhi Leonard, like I said, probably has some say in the design. But ultimately, in this case. Nike is going to have the upper hand just simply because of the fact that, as I said, once you sign that Nike contract, they own the rights to you. But I believe this goes deeper than just Kawhi Leonard versus Nike. And I think this is an issue that we have, I think, in the current state of basketball, if you will. And this will kind of tie in to my my, my closing remarks on the NBA Summer League. Um, but we have this, this culture whereas these kids are, are playing for Nike-sponsored teams at eight, nine, ten years old. These kids are going to high schools that are sponsored by Nike, Jordan, Adidas, Under Armour at 13, 14, 15, 16 years old. Again, these kids are going to colleges that are sponsored by Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, Reebok. Why? Because they want the gear too. So a lot of these kids understand early on they have to play for a Nike school. They have to play for Under Armour. They got to play for a Reebok. They got to play for an Adidas a Puma nowadays because they realize later on down the line is going to help me as far as sneaker endorsements and ultimately marketability, those kind of things. And again, who benefits the most from it? Nike, Under Armour, Adidas, Reebok, Puma, not the kids because if the kids starts receiving checks on the low, now the kids ineligible for college. And of course, nowadays you have to go to college for a year to go to the league. But as we're starting to see RJ Hampton, the mellow ball, we're starting to see uh, KJ Martin. We're starting to see a lot of other kids start to say, uh, we ain't going to go to college. We ain't doing college. We're going to go overseas and play ball. We're going to go play with professionals because that's where I'm trying to get to anyway. I'm not going to play with college kids if I want to be a professional. But getting just getting back to ultimately Kawhi Leonard versus Nike, the, the basketball and the shoes and why the, this lawsuit actually is kind of important because, like I said, it has a, a lot of underlining messages in it. One, careful where you choose 
your brand, right? So where, where, where you sign at because uh, they kind of own you. Two, kind of highlights the importance of the big baller brand. I know, you know, they kind of had some turbulence. The rat in the camp. And they had to just get rid of the rat. That's all they did. They got rid of the rat. But in bigger terms, this situation kind of, like I said, kind of highlights the bigger issue that we have in basketball right now. That complete ownership is the reason why LeVar Ball was going so hard. And the reason why Alonzo Ball and LaMelo and LiAngelo and the family was repping Triple B so hard because at the end of the day, situations like Kawhi Leonard. Now the logo that you probably created, your hand, that you probably traced. What we used to do back in elementary school, your hand tracing. His simple hand tracing is now owned by Nike forever. And oh, by the way, is copyrighted. So yeah, Kawhi Leonard can't use it. And that's why Nike is ultimately filing the countersuit. On today's edition of the wrap-up, C.J. McCollum and Eric Gordon are the latest two NBA players to withdraw their names from the USA Basketball World Cup. Now, both Eric Gordon and both C.J. McCollum both kind of gave a statement saying um, that, they're, of course, they're focusing on this year. Of course, James Harden and also Anthony Davis were also, earlier on this week, both came out and said that they will not be participating in the USA Basketball World Cup, that they will be putting both their time and attention on the regular season, which... Again, I mean, I could never knock a guy for wanting to do that. Like we saw this NBA season. I think that the, the, the guys underneath Kevin Durant and LeBron James kind of saw health is important in the NBA. Health is important. And, of course, the more basketball you play, the more you're able to develop your game. Of course, you're able to, to work on what, you know, you've been practicing in the gym. But I think a lot of guys saw that the NBA is more or less an association than it really is about basketball. I think in the summer, guys are really able to just play basketball not worry about the fouls and the coaching and the schemes and the system. They're able to just run different five-on-fives and do that. But I believe once it comes in the season, they have to travel a lot. They're doing a lot of commercials. They're doing a lot of advertising. Um, they're playing a lot of back-to-back games. So the season is a little bit different than it is during the summertime. But what I will say is this. Most of today's stars are not participating in this year's FIBA World Cup. LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph, James Harden, Anthony Davis, and others. And, of course, the the, the notion is – they're focusing on the season, but could it very well be a, a political stance? Could it very well be because of the fact of who's in office right now? Maybe we don't want to be the guys representing the country. Again, I know they're not necessarily against their country, right? Of course, we all love America. This is where we're born. This is where we're from. So, you know, this is where we abide. So, of course, you got to abide by the laws. Again, everything right now isn't the best and things could always be better, right? But again, that's for another podcast because this podcast ain't the political podcast or as we try not to keep it the political but again from time to time we got to take it there you know when donald trump step over here we got to step over there but keeping with you know usa basketball could potentially the political stance be a part of it could it potentially be greg popovich being the head coach certain guys sitting out now again i understand that this is just FIBA, so because of the fact that it's not the olympic olympic gold Guys don't necessarily see it as valuable, but the team that we ultimately will be sending over there, Harrison Barnes, Andre Drummond, Kevin Love, Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, Chris Middleton, Tobias Harris, Kimball Walker, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, P.J. Tucker. You don't think those guys could get it done? That's kind of like the, the, the USA, like, B, like, minus team. The B minus team. Again, Damian Lillard's an all-star. We saw what Damian Lillard was able to do. Bradley Beal's a sharpshooter. Chris Middleton, a, a scorer from the Milwaukee Bucks who, you know, at this point in his career, this could kind of catapult him. This could kind of give him that leverage that he needs 
to ultimately, again, like he said, he signed a big contract, but not only that, but to, to kind of really showcase his game. I think with Giannis Antetokounmpo shining in Milwaukee this season and him being the MVP this season, Chris Middleton, this is almost like an important summer, if you will. And I think him playing in the offseason USA team could do his game tremendous wonders. Because, again, we saw Giannis Antetokounmpo in the final stretches of the Eastern Conference really just kind of fade away ultimately because he didn't really have a jump shot. And it was ultimately he was passing, looking for other guys, and those guys really weren't knocking down shots. So a guy like Chris Middleton, Tobias Harris, a lot of guys just signed big contracts, can kind of go out there and prove their worth and kind of go out there, you know, before the season really gets going and kind of get themselves and get their games going. So, again, I'm not never mad at a guy sitting out and not participating in the World Cup because it always gives other guys the opportunities to participate and an opportunity to play. But now keeping with the NBA, and I'll try to make this two minutes or less, I had an issue with the NBA Summer League. Now, of course, the brightest stars, Zion Williamson, R.J. Baird, John Morant, all the guys were in attendance. And, of course, the Memphis Grizzlies, Brandon Clark got MVP. The Memphis Grizzlies end up winning the Summer League. But the issue that I had with the Summer League this year was it was just more or less about a show. It wasn't necessarily about basketball. As I remember in times past when they used to have it in Orlando, and, of course, I know they had a couple games in Salt Lake, and I know they had a couple games in Anaheim. But how the Summer League used to be set up, it was set up for guys – to ultimately get better. It was set up for guys to ultimately work on their game. This more or less in Las Vegas for the two and a half weeks seemed more or less about a star-studded event. You know, guys in the NBA getting the community together more or less in Las Vegas, having a good time, basketball being on showcase. Because it really just looked like an AAU tournament on steroids. It looked like an AAU tournament. All the brands were out. All the stars were out. It just was an AAU tournament. I remember as a kid going into AAU tournament with my friends and they'd be like the other like stars that from the other AAU teams that they'd be at the games and they'd be watching the games and they'd be sitting front row. So that's what it kind of felt like was the AAU tournament. And I had people that were in attendance that said that the games were boring. The games were really unwatchable because, again, Zion Williamson got hurt in the beginning. So that kind of canceled it out. I know the Knicks. I know Knicks fans want him to be spectacular day one, but they're going to have to hold off. At the end of the day, he's just a rookie. He's just a piece. Kevin Knox, the other guys, they're going to have to fill in. But for the most part, the NBA was a snoozer. And at the end of the day, the, the NBA should get back to, look, make it to whereas Orlando has a summer league run, Salt Lake City has a summer league run, the Las Vegas run was ultimately like the tournament, the, the, the teams that won from Orlando and Salt Lake got to participate in Las Vegas. And, of course, you put your marquee teams in Las Vegas, but split it up so that way we are ultimately, as fans of the game and watchers and consumers of the game, are able to consume, you know, different levels of basketball because it was a lot of basketball in one moment and I know a lot of the fan fans like it that way but if you're a true you know analysis such as myself then or those that have to watch the game to kind of scout the players and to kind of watch what they do it's hard to kind of watch the Boston Celtics at four o'clock and then the, the Sixers come on at five thirty, and the Lakers come on at seven thirty. that's a lot of basketball back to back to back but as I said man we talked about a lot on this podcast of course uh, you can follow your boy on all the social media at Who Addison, man. I tap back in with everybody. We are streaming on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, man. Tap in with us. But it's your boy Addison. We out.